1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Monday and we are middle of the offseason. We are not quite to training camp. But the draft is most certainly behind us, not quite to the full-on mini-camp situation where you're going to see veterans and rookies and everyone on the field together. And we're going to get reports about what people are doing and who's not doing and who's playing well, who's not playing well, who's adjusting and who isn't. And as part of that discussion, we're going to start and finish today with a list of players who are... Most in need of a good start to this offseason work, and this is going to be the kind of player who either the Packers need to show out in an important way this year, or it's the kind of player who is expecting a contract extension, or it's the kind of player that maybe the Packers drafted three of, and everyone is going to be fighting for time and snaps and reps and targets. And so the criteria here is pretty loose. I, I, I didn't pick any rookies because I just I don't think any rookie comes in with any kind of major pressure. And, and one of the reasons is specifically the way this draft class was put together. There isn't pressure on Jair Alexander in the same way there would normally be a rookie first-round cornerback on a team that needs cornerbacks. Because they got Josh Jackson at 45. And the reverse is true. There is not a ton of pressure on Josh Jackson because they have Jair Alexander. And in a lot of ways, that is also true at receiver. Jamon Moore may normally have more pressure on him, except that the Packers drafted 16 other receivers. And so how much can you really, in terms of expectations, put on the shoulders of Of Jamon Moore, I think certainly he's going to be expected to play. I think he is the guy that that they see as the player that they want to push for that other boundary receiver position. I think they see him in in this offense as a very good fit, a good marriage of ability and scheme. And so maybe those expectations, and, and not expectations, that's an unfair way to phrase it. The expectations are high for him, but the pressure is not. The pressure is, however, on Geronimo Allison. He needs to come out and perform well from the jump or there will be pressure internally and there will be a whole lot of pressure externally on talk radio, on podcasts, on Twitter about whether or not Allison should be starting, if he struggles, if one of these rookies comes out and has a great camp and and carries it over into training camp. This is where Geronimo Allison has to nip that in the bud. He has to come out and and look the part from the first snap and say, look, I am the starting receiver opposite Devontae Adams on the outside. I'm going to play 65% of snaps. And if you want my reps, come get them. That's what he has to be. I thought he came into last year early in the season he looked faster he looked a little bit more sudden but then he struggled with injuries struggled with confidence and ultimately had to play with Brett Hundley a little too much and so that you know those things compound and make your life much more difficult he can't afford that this season green bay has too much insurance they have too many other players who can and will step forward and i would i would add as an addendum to just this specific part of the discussion, that Trevor Davis belongs on this list as well. He is only a good bet to make this team because of his punt return ability. If one of these other guys, let's say Jair Alexander, gets some punt return duty and does well, what is the reason to have Trevor Davis on this team? When you just drafted three receivers, you've already got Adams and Cobb and Allison, And they need Allison. They can't just cut bait with him. So are they going to keep seven guys? Probably not. Now then the calculation becomes who can they sneak onto the practice squad? Well, they might be able to sneak one of those late round guys on, probably Valdez Scantling. And if that's the case, then maybe Trevor Davis makes the team. They keep six and they put put Valdez Scantling on the practice squad. Again, these are conversations that we're going to have all summer, but... Davis needs to play well at receiver. He has to show that he is more than just a punt returner because punt returners are replaceable. The Packers have made that clear over and over by by punting on that position in the past and, and either saying Micah Hyde go back there and fair catch it every time or Randall Cobb go back there and fair catch it every time. The Packers at various times have put Charles Woodson back there years ago just, just so they could secure the catch. Clearly the return game It's not that they don't have time for it or they don't value it. I think if you're going to value one part of special teams, whether it's the return game or the coverage game, you want the coverage game. You want to keep opponents from having good field position on kickoffs and on punts. You have Aaron Rodgers, so you don't have to worry about that. You could start every drive at the 10 and probably still have a top 10 scoring offense. That's just how good Aaron Rodgers is. And speaking of, I think the other name on offense is Ty Montgomery. Because we saw what Aaron Jones was capable of as the lead back. He was spectacular in limited reps. And even when he was hurt, comes back from injury, Jamal Williams has this excellent game and then Aaron Jones scores the game winner against Tampa Bay in overtime. He needs to establish himself as the preeminent playmaker at that position. He needs to make it clear, I am the starting running back. I'm the guy that's going to play the majority of snaps. And everyone else can fall in line behind me. And if he can't, if he's not going to do that, then Green Bay needs to figure out what to do with him. If he's not going to be the feature back, then he should be the guy returning kicks. He should be the guy returning punts. He should be playing in the slot and and playing some receiver and doing different kinds of things. He is good enough to be a factor. We've seen him dominate games as a running back, and we've seen him play really well at receiver going back to his rookie season. He is a legitimate NFL weapon. Now, would Green Bay, if one of these receivers comes on strong and Aaron Jones looks great and Jamal Williams looks great, would Green Bay be willing to entertain a trade for Ty Montgomery? I think so. Not a Brian Gutekind guy, although very few players on this team really are that, at least to our knowledge. We don't know who were the players that that he pounded the table for in the draft room, but this is a situation where Green Bay has a number of running backs, and the Patriots have made this work in the past. Plenty of other teams make it work. The, the Falcons do a really good job of mixing their backs. And that this, none of this is to say that Montgomery and Jones and Williams can't coexist. They can. But does this team want them to? And if they can get value for him, is that something that they're willing to do? Now, what is the value of a, an injury-prone converted receiver running back? I don't know. But he has shown flashes of being a playmaker. He's still relatively young. He's still on a rookie contract. So he could be appealing to teams even for a mid-round pick. But this is why he has to come in and establish himself. I am clearly the best guy. I can pass protect now, and I'm going to stay healthy. There was a question before the season. Could he handle the beating? And for those of you who were listening in the fall, Bob McGinn came on the show and said, I just don't know if Montgomery, is is his body is up for it. That being a running back is about taking punishment your entire life and that it hardens you is basically what his theory was. That running backs are just built a certain way and guys who are and have taken hits their whole lives essentially – this is a an iron sharpens iron argument. I don't know that I necessarily agree, but it's an interesting idea that because he hasn't played running back his whole life, he is then more susceptible to the sort of down-to-down damage that playing running back can do to you. Now, we, we won't know in minicamp, and we won't know in training camp, what the situation is with his durability. He has to stay healthy. That is absolutely a number one for him. But he not only has to stay healthy, he has to look like clearly the best guy. And I don't know if he can do that. Because I think Aaron Jones is really good, and I think Aaron Jones can be used a lot more in the passing game. I think the question is, does Devontae Mays look like a player? Because you 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 would like to have three running backs. Jamal Williams is certainly going to contribute on special teams and in the coverage units. and, And whatever you need him to do, if you need him to be an up back on kick return, he'll do that. There are ways to use these guys, but what you have to figure out is the packing order and Montgomery, if he, wants, if he wants the lion's share of snaps and targets and reps and all those things at the running back position, then he needs to play well from the jump. Before I move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge Subscription. I know you've heard me talk about it a lot, but the the data that they have, you really can't get anywhere else, and I want to give it to you for free. It's a $39.99 value, and it gets you access to fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, NFL draft coverage. There's still pro football-focused profiles on there, all sorts of daily fantasy articles. Now that gambling can be legal, my guess is there's going to be gambling information on there. There's gonna They're going to try and give you ways – To get an edge, so get that edge by putting your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to be entered to win.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy Players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
0: America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good Dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit Dave's to learn more and look for Dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store
1: my list is a little bit longer on defense and I wanted to do five players that just seems like a nice number to get to but I think it also works out nicely. I think if you just if you stacked these guys as the five players who have the most to prove, it would be these five dudes. So we have two on offense, three on defense. The first is somewhat obvious. It's Kevin King. And I, I don't know that he has the most of these guys, but I think he's the one that that sets up the rest of what's going on here. He was a rookie last year who played through injury. Showed some flashes as a tackler, showed flashes of his athletic ability, but I would say in general showed very little in coverage and some of the better quarterbacks really got after him. Now, there are plenty of times he had good coverage and guys just made plays. There were plenty of times he had good coverage and wasn't thrown at, but Kevin King played like a rookie cornerback. He struggled and that just, it is what it is. That happens. And we should expect that. And we should have expected that. And I was was someone that thought he was a third-round player taken in the second round. Now, I thought he was going to be able to do the things that he was good at in the Dom Capers defense. I loved the fit. I loved the athletic ability in a a defense that required it and on a team that needed it desperately. In year two now, a press man scheme that should be tailor-made For Kevin King and I'm sure it is hard for him to find clothes. He needs to go to the tailor just because he's tall and skinny and lanky and I know what that's like and in fact we are almost we don't have the same body obviously but in terms of dimensions we are almost identical Uh, but this Mike Pettin scheme is perfect for him. Obviously Brian Gudekinst tabbed two high pedigree corners to come in here and compete. My Assumption is Kevin King is entrenched as the starter until proven otherwise. Tremont Williams, ditto, and then the rest is up for everyone else to to make decisions on. Whether or not Devon House makes this team is going to be totally up to him. We know these rookies are going to make the team. Lindsey Pipkins could probably be a, a cheap option. Josh Hawkins, eh, I don't know. But King needs to be the A number one guy this year. Because Tremont Williams is no longer capable of being that player. And we we are pretty sure the rookies are not able to be that player either. Which means if the Packers are going to have that player, it has to be Kevin King. And I'm not saying he needs to come in and be Patrick Peterson this season. But I'm saying he needs to show improvement. He needs to take to this scheme. He needs to, to show the ability to jab and recover. Michael Cohen wrote it great. Not that Michael Cohen the one in the journal Sentinel wrote a great column about press coverage has quotes from Antonio Cromartie and a lot of discussion about how the Jets pressed with Mike Patton and, and the different options. And I thought it was fascinating that at at rookie camp, Josh Jackson and the, and the rookie corners were given the the option to press and Jackson pressed on every snap despite the fact that he rarely pressed at Iowa. This is a guy that wants to come in and play press man coverage. Jair Alexander wants to come in and rough guys up, and he wants to play physically. We need to see that from Kevin King. He was given some opportunities to do that last year. Not enough. I mean, I I banged my head against the wall all of last season saying, let these guys play press man. They were born to play press man, and Dom Capers didn't do it. Well, they're going to do it under Mike Patton, and Kevin King – Needs to prove he can be a number one corner this year. Doesn't have to be Xavier Rhodes. Doesn't have to be Richard Sherman. Just be a solid corner who isn't going to get killed against Adam Thielen and Marvin Jones and Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey and Doug Baldwin and all of these guys and Michael Thomas and all of these guys Green Bay is going to have to face in the regular season, and in the playoffs if they want to reach their ultimate goal. Now, one other player in the secondary, he is not under pressure because there is someone coming for his job. There is not. He is under pressure because he did not play well last year. He is a former first-round pick, and he is playing for a contract. He is one of the biggest enigmas to Packer fans. He has drawn the scorn, the ire of Packer fans over the last year, and that is HaHa Clinton Dix. And that was both for his play and his, some of his comments. He played too passive last year. Just stopped attacking ball carriers, stopped attacking the ball in the air. I don't know what happened, but he started playing passive. He started playing soft. And he, he stopped playing football. And the hope would be that Mike Patton can put him in a position to succeed, that he regains his Pro Bowl form, and that Green Bay feels compelled to offer him a contract. He... he Packer fans and the organization, despite the fact that it would cost, good safeties cost money, they should want him to play well enough for this team to want to hand him out a big-time deal. That would be good for Green Bay to have a good player. I think Mike Pettin is going to put him in a better position to succeed. I've said that over and over again, that that the upgrade from Capers to Pettin can't be understated Because there is just such a drastic difference in the flexibility and the adaptability and the malleability of one coach versus the other. And I didn't trust one coach to put his players in the best position to succeed, and I trust the other one. And that matters immensely. It is an absolutely essential quality to have in a good coach. And so he needs to be able to... Put these guys in a good position, and they need to go make plays. Haha, Clinton Dix needs to get back to his 2016 form when he was a Pro Bowl player. When he's making plays in the back end, interceptions coming up and feeling hard in the run game, making tackles. None of this last line of defense nonsense. I understand that that part of the game is important, but I think it was so important to Dom Capers that first of all it didn't work because they played everyone so deep that they were out of the play. But it also it just hinders your natural instincts and your natural playmaking tendencies. Haha, Clinton Dix wants to fly up and make a tackle in the run game. And he's going to miss some tackles. You, you live with it. And he might miss some plays trying to make an interception. Or he might get a flag trying to get a pass breakup. Let him play. And so we need to see right from the jump that he understands this defense, that he can call the defense in the back end because Morgan Burnett is not there to do it. And he has to be able to show that it fits his style of play or Green Bay could be in the market for a safety again next offseason. And the final player is Vince Beagle. And I don't think there's a lot of pressure on Beagle because of anyone coming to take his job. I don't think Reggie Gilbert is going to come take his snaps. And I don't think Kyler Fackrell is so good and so entrenched that Beagle can't come get his snaps if he doesn't play really well. And it's not even that this pass rush desperately needs him. If Matthews and Perry are healthy, they don't. But those guys are not always healthy. Green Bay needs a third-edge guy. And it doesn't have to be Beagle. It could be Gilbert. But my guess is most likely it's going to be Vince Beagle. He had a redshirt freshman year, had the foot injury, came back late, and was really a non-factor for most of the second half of his rookie season. He needs to be a factor, and and this defense needs to see him be a factor right away. Now, Mike Patton is going to come with pressure, exotic blitzes. Beagle is a smart, instinctive player with twitch and with burst and athleticism, and so I think Patton is going to find ways to use him in this system that that makes use of those skills. I think at times capers put him out on an island too often where he was able to get swallowed up. And I think Patton is going to let him work in space a little bit more, find creases, find gaps, shoot gaps, and use the tools that he has at his disposal. And if he's getting in the backfield and making plays right away, I think that's going to go a long way to allowing this defense to thrive. And I don't think that that it needs to happen early for any reason other than I think it will allay fears of fans. I think it will give the coaches some confidence in this defense and hopefully give these corners some confidence that that front end is going to hold up, that that front seven is going to create some pressure for them, and it's not going to be all on them to have to worry about covering for five seconds, that they're going to go after opposing quarterbacks and they're going to make plays and that they have more than just the two main guys to do that. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft.
2: This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people... It's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting, battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell. Who are the guys that you are most looking forward to seeing? Who are the guys that you think have the most pressure on them to perform early on in these off-season workouts and these off-season practices, the mini camps, once we get into training camp? Who are the guys that you think need to be upping their game this time of year? Let me know at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter, at LockedOnPackers on Twitter. And remember, all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This is part of the fun. We're gonna have these discussions. I want you to have these discussions. Do me a favor, every once in a while, take the podcast, if you like it, post it on Facebook. Let your friends know that you're enjoying the show. Post it on Twitter, share it. Let other people know that you're enjoying the show. And if, if there is a particular show that you like, that you thought was good, send it to a friend. Do it the old fashioned way. There's no, we don't have to, you don't have to mail anybody anything. Have to send them a present, send them a text, put a link in a text or in an email or in a DM. Slide into someone's DMs and say, "Hey, I like the show. You should check it out. This one was particularly good. I hope I make a show that you think is worth sharing." Maybe not every day. <laughs> they can't all be winners. You got to hit singles and doubles. They can't all be home runs. But when when there is a show that is worth sharing, please do that. Let's broaden this community Let's share in this experience together. It just makes it all better because that that creates more opportunities to engage. That makes more opportunities for you guys to engage with one another, with me, with all of the content that is out there in Packerland, at AcnePackingCompany.com, at Fansided.com, at ProFootballWeekly.com. There's a ton of content out there for you to have. If you see something you like, I've had fans do this, send it to me. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, you should talk about this. Hey, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Sometimes I'll just respond and sometimes I'll turn it into a segment. I've done it multiple times. I try to give credit. When it comes from a listener or a reader or whoever it is, send them to me. I'd love to hear it. We're going to be back on Wednesday. We'll have a show on Friday. And then remember Memorial Day week is going to have a wonky schedule. We're going to go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. A little bit weird, but but not anything too weird. I, I don't want I don't want anyone to feel like they, they're going to come back and they have homework from the, the holiday. So we won't do that. We will have three shows next week at Peter underscore Lukowski on Twitter. I'm always there at Locked On Packers. Always there for you to engage with me in hopes that you will stay locked on Packers.